cloud first has definitely been misused and probably somewhat overhyped. The misuse of it, I think a lot is around people thinking of it as cloud only. Technology is transforming how we think, how we lead, and how we win. From InterVision, this is Status Go, the show helping IT leaders move beyond the status quo, master their craft, and propel their IT vision. Welcome to Status Go. I'm your host, Jeff Tun. Cloud first, it's another one of those overhyped phrases of the tech world. What does it mean to take a cloud first approach? As a former CIO, my organization took a cloud-first approach. In my book, Amplify Your Value, Leading IT with Strategic Vision, I describe what that meant to us and our organization. But what if your organization isn't ready for a cloud-first approach? Are you going to be left in the bit bucket of transformation wannabes? Today's guest is InterVision's own, our CTO, John Gray. John came to InterVision by way of acquisition. He was the founder of a very successful cloud consultancy, Infinity Group, out of Folsom, California. Welcome to the show, John. Thanks, Jeff. Great to be here. Uh, I hope I can shed some light on the true value of the cloud and where it may help listeners. I am sure you can. Hey, before we dig into that, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about your background and uh, how you came to found Infinity and just kind of what that journey was like for you? Okay. Yeah, I am a computer science major. Yeah, I grew up in England, came out from London in the late 80s to California to really the, the heart of you know software development. So I've got a software engineering system integration background. Um, from the early days, I was always into automation of everything, particularly around operations. So really involved with DevOps and those sort of things before the term existed. Um, and so, yeah, the cloud became very interesting because to me, because it's software that creates infrastructure. It really allows smaller companies to provision you know, network data centers across the world overnight which when you think about that, that's that's pretty mind-blowing, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. And you're using it doing, you know, software code, infrastructure as code. So, yeah, that's sort of, I look at the world from a, kind of from a software engineering um, combined with a management consulting kind of mindset, right? So mm-hmm. how to apply technology to solve businesses' problems, to enable their businesses. And the cloud is, you know, the latest thing that's part of that. Now, when you and your partners started Infinity, you weren't focused exclusively or maybe even not at all on the cloud. So so what led you to pivot your organization in that direction? Yeah, I mean, we started in the mid-2000s, right, um, doing quite a bit of complex application development for various organizations here in, in California. We were heavily uh, early adopters and heavy users of virtualization to create virtual environments and to do that with code, essentially, because it made our teams of integrators and developers very uh, and testers very productive. So a lot of automation, a lot of virtualization. And then, you know, the cloud just came along and became a natural extension of that. For example, you know, five years ago, we took on a client who basically lost their IT staff overnight for various political reasons. Oh, and they had, yeah, they had this PHP, yeah. Linux, Postgres app running on crumbling hardware, no test environment. 
Uh, and I got sort of personally involved because I knew the CEO of the company and they were really in dire straits. So we created a test environment in AWS um, overnight, basically. And within 48 hours, we had a fully working version of their application up in, a, you know, in Amazon. We're able to really sort of then pull it apart and understand it. Uh, and you know, start to take on the management of their system and, and their business. So we were able to build that environment, turn it off, turn it on when we needed to. And it was really a great example of, of how to use the cloud. And we could have done that with virtualization, but we didn't have any spare servers around. You know, so it was right, really, right. you know, we'd been playing with, with the cloud at that point, but hadn't really used it. Used it there very successfully, and it all sort of took off. So before we get into the concept of cloud first as a strategy, it may be obvious to some of our listeners, but there may be others of our listeners that uh, are just beginning their journey to the discovery of what is cloud. So when you talk about cloud, John, what is that in your mind? Uh, and then we'll dive into the cloud first strategy. So, yeah, I mean, it's a great question. Um one way of thinking about the cloud is it's network compute servers, data centers that are owned by the major cloud providers, you know, Amazon, Microsoft, Google. So that's essentially infrastructure, infrastructure as a service. But there's much more. But even with that, you've got, you know, multiple data centers across the world, you know, huge connectivity between them provided by those mm -hmm. companies. They're dealing with renewal of, you know, upgrading that equipment, all of that. So even at that level, which is IaaS really, there's many reasons, many positive reasons why to go there. But that's really just the start. There's much more. So platform as a service, you know, managed services, managed database servers, things like AWS's Fargate, which is yeah. an example of managed container services, Microsoft's cognitive services, where you can do OCRing of text to you know, images to text and then text to voice. Those are some very sophisticated services that involve AI and things like that, that are available in the cloud. So all of a sudden we can do a project that might've taken a year before. We can do it in you know, 30, 60 days because we don't have to stand up the infrastructure and install everything. So my point there is it's much more than infrastructure, which I think is still a lot of how people think about it. With that definition, it encompasses the hyperscale clouds of mm -hmm. AWS, Azure, Google Compute. But could it also be a hosted multi-tenant cloud or even a private cloud? Or do you distinguish based on those types of services and platforms? Do you break those down? Um, yes and no. I mean, part of what I am at sort of my core is an integrator, you know, a problem solver for the business, right? Everything you described is all technology, right? Mm -hmm. So how do you use that for a business purpose, right? To solve it. Um, technology should enable your business and technology is constantly and relentlessly changing. So if you kind of got to take that and, and figure out some stopping points where you are going to use it mm -hmm. for your business purposes and yeah, in quotes, private cloud, which really is, primarily just IaaS can right. absolutely be part of that. Typically, private cloud does not provide you with you know, much in the way of platform as a service or some of those richer services that I described, but it can in certain circumstances. Um, the investment in data centers, right? The capital investment and all the hardware and everything is enormous, right? So that's, I think, right. what is right. driving a lot of this is the sheer economics of that and the ability to switch from 
big capital outlays to more um, smaller, consistent, you know, OPEX outlays. So I think that drifted a little from your question, but it, no, it's, it's the, the answer is, is you, you can include all of it, right? But you need yeah. to be conscious about what you're putting where and be sort of planned and um, methodical about it if you want to get the most out of it, right? Well, and the speed at which the large public clouds like a like an AWS or an Azure, the speed at which they're releasing new services can be mind-boggling. It's relentless. Right? right. It, yeah. yeah. And st- keeping up with that, uh, do you take that into consideration as you're talking to somebody about where they should be putting their workload? Absolutely. I mean, you know, we're closely aligned and tied and integrated with the, the major cloud and CSPs. So we have access to know what's coming and where they're focused. Um, and even beyond that, we're pretty good at predicting um, because of, we've got so much experience in this. So in some cases, we'll tell, you know, why don't you just keep that on-prem for now, that particular application, because we think there's going to be a much better solution in the cloud uh, in 12 months, right? On these yeah, other things yeah. where we know we can migrate them. Um, so, I mean, really, we absolutely recommend a cloud-first strategy, right? But that doesn't mean you just put everything in the cloud right now. Uh, if you're a new, you know, startup company, um, you, you know, likely will have a cloud-only strategy. You'll be born in cloud, right, right? Right, But uh, for many organizations that exist, you know, that's, that's not where you're going to get to immediately. So for those organizations that were not born in the cloud, they've got some level of legacy uh, infrastructure, legacy type applications. What does it mean to have a cloud first strategy? Um, well, for the way I would explain that simply is every time you're looking at some initiative, some sort of project or um, some sort of spend on IT, you should consider the cloud first, right? Mm-hmm. Um, put, but, and then if you're not going to use the cloud, you've kind of should have valid reasons not to do so, be it right. you've got hardware that you just bought. So let's use it for its life, um, that you're in a data center lease that you're locked into for another 18 months. So let's, you know, make use of that. Or you've got, you know, highly skilled staff who are not comfortable in the cloud yet. So let's figure out how to transition that over time. So it's really sort of looking at what are the triggers, right, for moving to the cloud. If your data center lease is coming up, if your hardware is aging out, right, don't spend $5 million on new hardware. You know, think about how you can spend that incrementally as OPEX, and all of a sudden you've got a big chunk of additional cash in your cash flow. Right. Go use that for something else in your business. Yeah, yeah. Right? Um, you kind of you got to take the overall business into um, into consideration, right? You know, who right. are their clients? What you know, what's important to them? How can technology and when can it help them? If they're frantically busy with some other effort in their organization, then you know, a big migration to the cloud is probably not. Yeah, you know, it's probably not the right time to do it. Now, where does uh, where does a SaaS application where where does that fit in a cloud first strategy for different uh, companies? Well, I mean, SaaS software as a service, if you want to look at it sort of cynically and negatively, one of the, the things that um, part of my background is enterprise architecture, architecting mm-hmm. big, you know, big ecosystems of applications for very large, large organizations. 
big thing that you typically have that is an issue in, in those sort of environments is siloed applications. You've got different applications that were built for different lines of business or different units that don't integrate together, that have redundant data and redundant functionality. And you, you know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, you're always trying to break that down. Service-oriented architecture, and still trying to do that. Right. SaaS, in some ways, is it's a cloud silo. You've taken an application and you've to put that particular application into the cloud on its own. Now, if you've got a business, you know, a straight a, sim, a business that it may be not a great you not a big user of technology, doesn't have a bunch of different needs around technology. They have one system that they need. They don't need to customize it. They just need to use it out of the box. That could be a great solution because they mm -hmm. don't have to do anything. They don't need to consider, you know, having any IT staff, any IT focus in that company. But if you're a more complex business and you've got, you know, different lines of business, you know, um, software, CRM, you know, you've got uh, ERPs, you've got analytics, and you want to integrate those and you want to be able to move things between them and you want to really be able to get data out and do advanced analytics, predictive analytics, those kinds of things. And SaaS is probably not the best solution for you because you're, you are going to have difficulties getting the data out, getting it integrated yeah. in a real-time fashion. So, so again, I, you know, you got to understand, it's best if you understand the business, the nature of the business, you know, are they a pretty static kind of business that does auditing and, you know, they've done the same thing for years and it's going to continue that way and, or are they a leading edge or are they in a very competitive uh, space? If you need to move rapidly, SaaS may not be the right solution for you. So um, yeah. it's yeah. understanding the business, understanding the, the problems, you know, kind of the architectural patterns involved and then finding the right solution. And SaaS can be a very good one or, or it can be the wrong one. Yeah. As you say, it really comes down to what are your integration requirements of that application's data and where does it need to move? That begins to be the real challenge. So, John, as is often the case with some of the terms that start to get uh, hyped in the in the technology space, sometimes you end up with it becoming overhyped or even misused. But we did a blog post a couple months ago about AI washing uh, and the concept of uh, everything now gets branded as AI. Are you seeing that same thing with the whole concept of cloud first? Is that something that's being misused or overhyped? Um, cloud first has definitely been misused and probably somewhat overhyped. Um, as I was describing earlier, the misuse of it, I think a lot is around people thinking of it as cloud only. Mm -hmm. uh, it's it's not. I was describing it. You know, think about going to the cloud whenever you've got new applications or you have infrastructure needs, all those kinds of things. Yeah. So that's really a cloud first mentality. I think people have have really related cloud first to infrastructure as service. Uh, a lot of you know just focus around that. As I was describing, yeah, it's a lot more than that. There's a lot more services in the cloud that are uh, yeah. managed services, yeah. platform as a service, you know, very sophisticated and increasingly so that can really provide a lot of benefit. Um, yeah, but you've got to understand how to use them. You need to be ready for them. So there certainly is a lot of hype around this. 
in the end, this is you know, it's infrastructure, it's pre-built components and services that if they enable your business and you can fit them in correctly, can be of great value. But you know, it can also very much be, I think, the next shiny object because there is relentless <laughs> yeah. amount of new change here, um, new services coming out, and you know, if you're not careful, that can become very distracting and can cause you to sort of wonder whether you should get in at all or oh boy, you know, we started this, should we redo it that way? So it's, you know, you need a thoughtful approach where you understand your requirements, understand the, the cost benefit of what you're doing and, and you stay focused on pushing through to certain predefined endpoints before you then restart to evaluate. So how do you know if you're ready for it? How do you know if you're ready to take this approach? Uh, what are some of the things that you should look for? Yes. So what should an organization look for? Um, first and foremost, you really need to have executive high-level support. Yeah, uh, yeah. If you don't have that, you know, like m most IT projects, it's going to be a real uphill battle, um, and you really, you know, don't want to get going without that. So if you if you have that, or you think you can get that, um, that's very important. Yeah. If you have the need, if you're coming up towards a data center lease expiration, if you have a big capex expenditure. Um, those are situations where you know you certainly should be considering moving to the cloud and getting yourself ready. Uh, if you've got a, a group within your organization that has been experimenting or look, reading or getting certifications, yeah, yeah. you know you've started. You're starting to get a groundswell of change advocates who are really jumping at the bit. You know that is is a good part of it. So if you've got that kind of um, of surge of energy, along with you know, higher level executive support for moving forward, then you're ready. Um, and you know one of the things you can do is pull in an organization to do a readiness assessment. Um, you know, look at all the different areas within your business, both from sort of technology side and from a people processes side as to see where you're at, right. rank you, and then look at the areas where you potentially need some help or to do some pre-work to get ready. So many different ways of approaching that. So in one of our previous podcasts, we had a conversation about some companies that are going through a repatriation of sorts and bringing workloads back on premises from the cloud. Have you seen that? Or in most cases, have have you been involved in projects where you're able to, quote unquote, repair what's been broken because it was done poorly the first time? There's certainly, you know, I have not seen uh, specific instances of um, clients bringing workloads back. Yeah, the projects we've worked on, that has not happened, but I've certainly heard about situations where it has. Um, you know, if you take infrastructure and build it out in a you know, like-sized manner and without taking advantage of cloud-native strengths like elasticity, um, auto-scaling, that type of thing, you can end up spending more money. So right. you know, in that case, I can see why organizations think, oh, boy, this is not what it, we were told. I want to move back. But if you follow the right approach um, and yeah. you know, either um, do some refactor or replatforming as you migrate to the cloud or do optimization, uh, once you get yeah. there, yeah. You know, I think you're definitely going to reap the benefits. Um, there may be certain um, distinct workloads where 
you know, you may gain some cost savings if you use storage, for example, that's near the cloud that isn't you know, one from one of the major vendors, there certainly are some use cases there. But what you end up with is a more complex architecture. And I think one of the benefits to me of you know, the major cloud environments is you get consistency across the board. And that is going to, over time, make your whole organization much stronger, much more agile. You know, you have a better ability right. to move right. people across different um, projects, different applications, and you're not having to deal with the complexities of having these very perhaps clever um, architectures, but keeping things simple has tremendous benefit. So I would say continue to, to look for the best overall solution for your, your organization. Mm-hmm. If some kind of hybrid solution is that, then create a, a methodical plan of getting there, pull in the experts and move forward. The industry is always evolving. There's more technology moving out to the edge. Amazon, right. for example, has Outpost now, which is Amazon hardware on-prem, but you have the advantage that you are still using the same Amazon services, so you get that standardization, and this will continue to change. You know, if we have this conversation a year from now, um, there will be you know, new sort of areas of focus and um, areas of hype that right. have emerged right. that we you know, will talk about things that are being successfully used and others that are being sort of just talked about and not used. This will continue. Well, and I think we probably will have this conversation a year from now, right? The speed at which technology is changing is continuing to accelerate. And when you look at the cloud and the number, uh, as we were talking earlier, the number of new services that get launched uh, on these cloud platforms, uh, it makes your head spin. So, John, as you know, in this, uh, in our Status Go podcast, we always love uh, for our listeners to come away with some actionable steps. So, what's your advice to our listeners today? What are one or two things that they should do differently tomorrow after listening to our conversation today? Yes. Yeah, so, as far as actionable steps, what I would say is do some sort of either readiness assessment or even if you're partially into the cloud, an assessment really is helpful to see where your organization is at across the different disciplines that are required to be really successful with a cloud-first approach. And then you know, identify your, you know, your weaknesses or the areas where you want to focus and then put together a plan. And yeah, I would heavily suggest that you pull in experts, people who have traveled this journey. There's a lot that we as a company have learned over the last five or so years, many lessons learned. Um, you know, you really want to avoid learning those the hard way. And you want to try to select projects and that you know are going to be successful, that are yeah, going to yeah. give you the biggest bang for the buck so that the cost-benefit ratio makes the most sense. So really be thoughtful about your initial steps, pull in experts, and put together a plan that is going to sort of fit with your overall business strategies and the workloads and the rhythm of your business. And then, you know, this is not, it's not a one-time thing. This is an ongoing journey. And the cloud is just, you know, the latest, greatest technology. There will be new things emerging. So this is an overall approach for how a business can embrace and use and utilize and uh, get the benefits of new technology as it continues to evolve. Excellent. 
John, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with us today. I, I think our listeners will really find your insights valuable. So thank you. Uh, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Jeff. It was great to be here, and I hope we've you know, provided some insight and some value for the listeners. Thank you. To our listeners, if you have a question or want to learn more, you can go to intervision.com. The show notes will provide links and contact information for both John and I. This is Jeff Tun for John Gray. Thank you very much for listening. You've been listening to the Status Go podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes or get more information at intervision.com. If you'd like to contribute to the conversation, find Intervision on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Twitter. Thank you for listening. Until next time.